Rallycross Conversations, chatting all things dogs and running. Join me, Michelle. Me, Louise, as we chat to guests and experts about dogs and running, sometimes whilst we are out running. Hello, welcome to this episode of Canny Cross Conversations. Today, we have a Canny Cross Stories feature. We're chatting to Susan Fraser, who's just returned from European Championships in Germany, representing Team GB. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello, hi. Would you like to just give us a little bit of an introduction about yourself and how you got started running and canny crossing? Okay, um, so I guess I've always been relatively into fitness. You know, at, at school, I was always, I, I did run and things like that at school. Obviously, that's quite a long time ago. Um, then I got involved in horses for quite a long time in my life. So running and overall fitness took a bit of a backseat. Um, then in my late 40s, I started, I met a couple of friends who did sort of 10Ks, 5Ks, that type of thing. So I would train for an event that I'd entered, but then it would be fair to say that I would just forget about it again for a while. Um, so I was very much an intermittent runner um, until I got my first rescue pointer. Um, so Jack came along from Cyprus. And I realized pretty, I actually still, I had another pointer prior to that whose recall was pretty rubbish, to say the least. Um, I, he was a rehome who was owned by someone who trained birds of prey and he was actually being rehomed because he ran away all the time. And I should have known. I, I just thought, oh, I've had dogs all my life. I've had various breeds and recall's never been an issue. I'll be able to sort them out. I should have known if you can't if you can get birds of prey to come back but not this pointer there may be an issue <laughs> um, so anyway I'd already had the, a pointer who I, I was in love with the breed completely um he he was getting on a bit to say the least we'd had a small dog was his companion and when we lost him the pointer was really really quite heartbroken and we decided we needed to get another companion so because we loved the pointer breed so much we decided we'd go for it and we, there were so many dogs for looking for homes and oh and also a bit that is important I have two cats as well we've always got cats and dogs together um so I had to pick a breed that I thought would be okay with the cats and my lack of knowledge at that point told me that pointers would be 100% okay. Most of them are, some are not, I know now. Um, anyway, Jack came along from, I find out about rescue pointers, Jack came along from Cyprus and I discovered that his recall was going to be zero. Um, he's a very nervous dog because of what he's gone through and it's not even prayed. My, my first boy's recall was terrible because of his prey drive. Jack's is terrible because of nerves and loud noises. So anyway, um, I was trying to decide how I was going to exercise this pointer, not being able to let him off the lead that much. And to be fair, I think Canny, I did know Canny Cross existed, but I didn't think it was up in our area. And then lo and behold, the power of Facebook, Canny Cross Aberdeenshire popped up and I thought, oh, fantastic. We'll go along and have a look. Jack absolutely took to it like a duck to water. Um, People said, oh, look, he absolutely loves it. And yeah, and I loved it as well, it's fair to say. And that we never looked back after that. So, you know, that was six years ago, six, seven years ago. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean, Pickle's got high prey drive. I can let her off now in certain areas and, and that's fine. But it's, it's funny how we 
it, it, we seem to be finding these dogs now that we need to control a little bit and we can't let off to exercise. But we know that they need just more than a walk, don't we? So Canny Cross is fantastic. And and it's really good because Michelle's got a, a rescue dog and, and we've had um, Lara on, haven't we, Lara too, in, with... Um, yeah, uh, she's got a pointer as well. Yeah. yeah. So it and it's just fantastic. So how is he now? Is he still nervous, or is is it just the fact when he's canny crossing, he's working, so that he's just focused on that, or is he as other things in his life improved? He's still he is still nervous. It's fair to say when we're out and about. Um, if there are loud, I mean, fireworks night is an absolute disaster. Um, but he will still be the case that if he's off lead, if there was a loud bang. It wouldn't okay. matter what a, a car backfiring, for example, or something. It wouldn't matter what I did, what whistle I used. He will come back to the whistle at other times, but there's always the fear that if there's a noise, he will just run because he'll just go straight into flight mode and go. Um, so other than, I mean, I do have quite a lot of enclosed fields close by, so they do get some free running there. Um, he loves his canny cross. He loves when we when we when we turn up. I mean, he's twelve now, so he's pretty oh, much yeah. retired. Yeah, he's he's pretty much retired. But he'll still he's my long distance dog now. He likes to he likes just a steady pace. He doesn't keep up with my other dog, um, Claire, sprinting. So he'll come on long runs tonight. Um, I'm doing a run, for example, which will just be a social run, and I'll run the two of them together. Um, so he loves his canny cross. He becomes really focused. He knows his job. Because his nature with other dogs is 100% as well, we quite often he'll buddy up with a new dog if someone new comes along. Oh, and, we can, and we can run quite close. And I know that Jack will be fantastic as a buddy dog as well. So, yeah. And that's so good to hear, actually, isn't it? Because, you know, you sort of think oh, he's anxious or whatever, and then you sort of assume that's going to be with other dogs as well. So the fact that he's yeah. great with other dogs... And he can be that role model. Yes. Oh, and he, and he loves he loves the crowd as well. You know, at a race, he's 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 really excited on the line, and he'll take off on the line. In the middle, he's a bit intermittent. People, he's well known for his dressage pony trot. He's got a, a very exaggerated extended trot, um, which he pretty much uses for the whole race. And then we come in the finish and as soon as he hears the crowd and the clapping, he'll put in an extra bit and we'll get through the finish and he's all happy. He, he just loves it. He absolutely loves Canny Cross. Um, so he was the start of our journey. And I mean, we did Nations. We, we did everything in the UK pretty much, um, myself and Jack. And then I decided as he was getting a little bit older, um, and my my partner um, is actually had a di he's he has early onset Alzheimer's and his okay. diagnosis came along whilst I was in the early days of Canny Cross and it would be fair to say that for me I suddenly realised that Canny Cross was a very very important part of my life and my mental health and I thought well Jack's getting older we need to get another dog um, so then we started searching and Claire arrived who is my current race dog, um, also from Pointers and Need the Charity. Um, and I mean, she's been absolutely amazing. She absolutely loves Canny Cross. She is so fired up. Um, I mean, we at, at, at the European Championships in amongst all the big dogs, she was barking and excited and people were looking at me as if so, because they considered her a pet dog. Yeah. A lot of people there looked at her and said, oh, this pet dog's racing. But when they saw her on the line, it was a bit like, oh, 
okay, not what was expected, the pet dog to behave like that. <laughs> I did see a beagle running though, so, you there know. There was a beagle, <laughs> yes. He was actually, so he was in Team Denmark. Right. But he's owned by someone who is originally from Manchester. Um, the beagle did amazingly. They did a great time as well, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, how old is Claire now then? Claire's four. Um wow. So she's she's got plenty running in her for a wee while yet. Um, and just she just absolutely adored it. I actually took her along probably a bit earlier than I had planned to Canny Cross because I just felt she was she needed something to do. Um, so we took her, I think, first time three weeks I had her at that point. Um, and I was just going to do some short course with her, but I re on it at that time. She just took off, and I actually did have thoughts of I don't really I don't know if my legs can go this quickly. <laughs> it was a it was a complete change. My my ideal had been that for a year I would run Jack and her together in two dog. That was the plan, but after that first run, I knew that wasn't going to happen because she's just a completely different pace to Jack. She runs completely differently, um, so it's been quite a learning curve for sure. And do you think it's because it's male and female, the difference? Or I mean, I suppose you haven't had another female, have you, to experience that? I just wonder if there is a difference. Because we've had, was it Kevin, Michelle, that we had on? And he's he's runs a two-team. Um, he was at oh, the Yeah. And he runs a, a brother and sister. And he said the brother is sort of quite bullish and just, you know, goes for it, whereas she calms him down a bit. And yeah, she kind of keeps him in line. Yeah. <laughs> She's the boss. So I just wondered if you'd had that sort of experience or? I think it's just the different personalities of my dogs, to be quite honest. Um, Claire hadn't, although Claire had been starved and she'd been attacked by other dogs prior to me getting her, she um, she's still very confident in herself. I don't think humans have done anything to her. So she's very, super confident. Jack, on the other hand, had been abused really badly by people. So he's still, he's very polite. I think that's how I would term it. On, on the canny cross, he's very polite and he, he will only, he's like a, a well-schooled horse, if that makes sense. He just takes contact and no more. Whereas Claire is absolutely like a tank. She just wants to go and she'll take full contact and, you know, have me off my feet if I'm not careful. So... Um, <laughs> It's just, I just think they're very different personalities. I'm not sure that it's a male-female thing. What he does do when I run them two dog that I find quite funny, um, Claire's only been racing for a year, I might add as well. We're literally just coming up to her end of her first year's racing. When we do two dog, her directions are sometimes a little bit not dead on. And I'll be saying, right, right, right. And if Claire doesn't take the right immediately, Jack will actually push her right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's as if he's saying, like, come on, that's the way we're going to go. Oh. You know, so that he takes charge from that side of things, definitely. Um, so they're, they're funny together. And he's very much in charge in the house. He's the boss. So yeah. he's older. He just, and, you know, yeah, they, they work really well. Um I only had Claire with me in Germany and I did miss, she, think she was missing Jack. Yeah. Um, first time she'd travelled on her own and everything as well, but she did actually have then the attention of three humans all to herself, so that, yeah. that was okay. <laughs> 
we we kind of need to talk about this because you've mentioned you were at the European Championship. So how how did you get into it? And uh, you know, just tell us a little bit about that and the racing. As you said, uh, Claire's only done a week, eighteen weeks, a year's racing. So how did how did all that sort of come about? So um, last the first year I was racing Claire, so twenty twenty one. I wanted to start it off really slowly and my plan had been to do sort of 3Ks and fun runs and things like that. Um, Her first race that I had planned, I was struck down with COVID, so we couldn't attend. And then the weeks were ticking on and there was no more racing. I think that was September last year. And then there wasn't another race that we were going to be attending until end of October. And by this point, I was aware that she really, you know, had a lot of drive and everything. And I wanted to see, and I'd said that I wasn't going to do, dare I say, the dreaded park run with her. Um, But our first real race of experience for her was park run, um, at which we came home fifth in the field and first lady and first dog. And I could not believe it. (laughs) I never dreamed I would ever be first lady. Um, So that gave me a little bit of an indication of what we had and the improvement in my time and everything as well. So we then entered a Sadas race, it's Sled Dog Scotland race, um, and went along to that last end of October or November, I think it was. Um, And again, this is our first experience. The Sled Dog events with us tend to be a bit quieter than the main Canicross events. So I thought it would be a good intro for her. And also they're not generally not as technical. Um, because obviously they've got to get the rigs round and the bike drawer and everything. So I thought it would be quite a good taster for her. Um, we won that one um, across across all age groups, which totally, I was completely and utterly amazed. You know, it's I, I had I'd done well with Jack in the past, but Claire, it, you know, it seemed like another level. Um, did a couple, another Sadash race. Um, and a couple of County Sports Scotland's then mixed in by this time coming up to December. And then I broke my ankle County Crossing. Oh, no, 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 no. So in, uh, on a just, you know, one of these really, I was actually running along this particular trail thinking, I had both dogs on, um, thinking, oh, this is such a nice trail. And I was so busy thinking it was such a nice trail. I probably wasn't paying attention. And I just went over my ankle. Oh, no. Oh, so long story short, um, hobbled back to the car. I didn't actually get a diagnosis. It was broken for eight weeks, um, but I couldn't run. Um, the following week to that, because I hadn't been able to exercise the dogs that well at all, um, one of my so we were coming up to Christmas Eve at this point, so a local club, club has a Christmas Eve run. So one of my friends said, I'll run Claire for you at the Christmas Eve run. So we turned up for that. Claire was beside herself to get out of the car, pushed past me and I was trying to put her back in, caught her hind leg on the inner of the boot and landed in a heap. And she actually had broken one of her toes in four places. Oh no. Oh no. So that was, our Christmas was spent. She actually ended up having to have a toe amputated. Oh, wow. So we were both in rehab together. <laughs> um, so um, I got, I, I, once, she, I mean, she, she recovered from the operation really quickly. And, you know, you wouldn't have known 
that she'd had that done. But I was really cautious because of us competing. So we did spend the next six months. She went to a canine massage specialist and rehab. And we did all the rehab program for her. And at the same time, I was having my rehab with my physio. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, it, it was almost, you know, it kept us both in check, shall we say. Um, and by this time, my aim had always been to run at the BSSF race at Ford in April. Because of the broken ankle and all the rest of it, I didn't think it was going to be possible. But maybe people might say not wisely or wisely, I don't know. <laughs> Physio, etc. did not want me to run. But I said, you know, I'll, I'll be careful. I won't, I won't go too fast. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, dog attached. Yeah, it's easy though. Yeah, so, so we ran it forward and we, we were silver. So I was beyond delighted. It, it was amazing. So that, that was a qualifier for... Um, the British team so from there it was just uh, a case of then training and then waiting to hear for formal selection yeah fantastic so you just you're back from Germany um, very recently aren't you so how did it all go how was the experience we we got back literally on Tuesday yeah Um, so it was absolutely fantastic I you know I you know can I go again tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) well come Um, with me (laughs) <laughs> we absolutely loved it it was a really long way to, it's first time obviously for for me competing internationally and it was it's a really long way um I was really lucky I had such a great support crew with me I had um Melanie who's been on here and another friend Anika Anderson who managed to pack in 45 minutes and join us at the last minute um the journey it just it was it was a long way down through Germany when we got there the event was huge yeah. Um, just I mean it's dog heaven there's dogs everywhere yeah. um, and it was it was so great to be part of and witness you know all the bike tour you know and just the top athletes in the sport that you're involved in um, you know the, the 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 GB team were really welcoming um, we stayed on site so it was nice to just be part of everything that was going on in evenings and things like that um, so it's just it's a fantastic experience. I watched it live actually, yeah, because one well because well, Georgie uh, Lambert was there, wasn't she? And yes. Yeah, there's James Lewington was uh, bike Jaw and Kev. Yes. Um, so they had lives going all the time. So I was, I was watching all that. Um, so it was just fascinating to see and to see some of those four dog rigs going round. Oh, amazing. Absolutely amazing going around corners. You're thinking, oh no. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so yeah, it, it was fantastic. Um, two PBs on both days for Claire and myself, so I couldn't ask for any more than that. Um, loved it. We it went a little bit against us on the start of the heat. It was so warm. Yeah. They, they shortened the course, and that wasn't perhaps the best for us. But you know, everything I've learned so much. There's so many things that I've I've picked up from that experience and. Maybe that'll try because you know I I have trained that that was the one thing I was going to say my training once once I realised I was going my training did go to a different level Um, and that's what we're quite keen to 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 ask about because I mean I race Michelle doesn't sorry I've just got to get that in there again (laughs) (laughs) every episode I'm used to it now you need to race Michelle you'll love it I know I know it's so addictive. I actually said when I first joined the club with Jack, and I think it was about three months in and the racing kicked off and lots of people were going to events. And I said, oh, yeah, well, that sounds great and wonderful. And they said, oh, you need to come to a race. You need to come to a race. And I, no, I don't think racing's for me. 
Yeah, and I think that's really important to tell our yeah. listeners as well because it isn't all about racing, but we tend to end up talking about racing because it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I do the Canny Cross Midlands events because that's where I'm based, and they are so inclusive uh, for all pet dogs. Yes, <laughs> but we've also got the top guys there as well, so it's fantastic to see. And I've got one of my guys, Paul, with Asta, who you know he's a rescue dog. He loves it, and he's been training hard to try and get you know to get himself up the rankings. But he wants another dog now for that yeah. purely county cross. And I think that's what happens, isn't it? It gets really addictive. So don't put it out of mind, everyone. Just think about it. And and they do novice races and things like that. So it's not intimidating at all, is it? But that's something that we, you know, my local club, we, we make a big point of pushing that it is for everyone. You know, there's all different levels. And and certainly at the club, you know, we'll when when we meet, we have different sometimes we've got three groups. We've generally always got two. We'll have a speedier group and a newbie group or people that maybe just want to go at an easy pace. They don't want to go so quickly. And then sometimes if there's a lot of people, we'll even have an intermediate group. Yeah. Um, but we do really try and make it that it's inclusive for everybody and all dogs. Yeah. No, I think that's really important. Yeah. Definitely. But let's get back to your training because I'm intrigued by this because, <laughs> I mean, I yeah, we're racing Saturday and Sunday. So, uh -huh. yeah, what sort of things do you do? Or have you? Well, it, it's fair to say I have to thank Phil for my training. I, I had actually hoped to go to Plendron originally in April before the broken ankle scenario. And I know now that that would, for me, it would have been a disaster. Um, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have been fit enough. I, I wouldn't have known. Um, really the training that was involved so Phil sort of I just happened to mention in a throwaway comment that I was hoping to go to Germany and he really kind of picked that up and he put a training plan together for me so we have been training five days a week religiously since June and um, the dog. me and the dog wow. um during the summer we couldn't all I couldn't always train with her so I would do the same thing but dogless but it was only, to be fair, probably two, three weeks training out of the whole five months that I didn't train with her. If it was warm, I would pick a trail that I knew I could stop and she could have a drink. Because I think, and this is purely my opinion, I, I think the way we're heading, especially with what just happened in Germany with temperatures, I think acclimatisation is really important. Yeah. And yeah. I did feel with Claire... I was doing that a little bit in the summer. I didn't actually dream that we would have, be having a shortened trail in November in Germany. <laughs> but I do think it's, it is important that we maybe need to try and start to think towards that a little bit, always taking the dog welfare into account. But I think acclimatisation is something that's become in reality if we want to continue racing. Um, so, yeah, getting back to the training, five days a week, um, real mix of things. Um, intervals, long runs, fast runs. Um, and the, the intervals, the, some of the intervals, are, is, it's long. You know, it's, you're looking at like, I don't know, so at, at the peak, I guess, I was racking up about 65K a week. Oh, right. Right. Yeah, in the training. Um, and then, of course, we did, we had a, quite a, a, a long taper as well coming down into the race. Um, but I, I like a plan. I work well with a plan. If I've got a plan and somebody says, this is what you do on Monday, this is what you do on Tuesday, that works for me. 
if I haven't got a plan, I tend to be a bit sort of airy fairy about things. Um, so that worked for me. And I, I was also watching what I was eating. Um, and hmm, this, this could be controversial. <laughs> Even before qualifying for Europe last year, when I was racing, I tried out, I've all, I'm vegetarian anyway, but I introduced being vegan um, for a month before my first race. So I became vegan. And for me, I felt so much better. It's interesting that I've heard that. I mean, you must, yeah. again, Michelle, have that a lot with your athletes, don't you? Yeah, I think, I mean, is, is that because of that you just get a better variety of nutrients inside you and you're kind of, yeah, yeah I, I don't really understand enough about how it all works. I think for me, it's a feeling of, I, I, my system just felt much cleaner and yeah. I felt lighter Yeah. Um, and more energy. Um. Yeah, just there, there was a definite difference. And actually, I, I, I did actually record faster times. Wow. <laughs> so um, that, that's why I do that. Um, I'm, intrigued, I'm intrigued that, well, I'm, I'm intrigued that you've done all that with the dog. So that's, uh-huh. that's quite, because I think we often get asked how, how often should we run with the dog? And there's no real sort of, sort of science or, 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 you know, should we run them in harness all the time or, or not? But the other thing I want to ask you, did you do, because I, I did a lot of training in the summer on me, um, which I'm now benefiting from, you know, when I'm running. But did you do any strength training? Did you just run? No, I try and do, <laughs> on my rest days, ironically, um, I try and do um, some sort of strength training, generally like a body pump class, something like that, that will involve some weights um, for my upper body. Um, because I just I feel that you need that as well. You need something else as well as running, um, and it just so happens that you know a bit of weights and things is what what I prefer. Yeah, no, that's really good to hear. That it's really important. We go on about this all the time, don't we, Louise? I know that's what I was trying to keep quiet. <laughs> and, and, and you know, you you talk about Pilates, so I haven't done yeah. Pilates per se, but I will sometimes do some yoga. I'll do a stretch and tone class. You know, just something different, and I feel. I, for me, I felt I had to do that to do clear justice. Yeah, because yeah. I'm the weak link for yeah, her. She's exactly. her pace is phenomenal, so I had to do everything that I could for her. This is how I see it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's really important because I, I, I know I wasn't as because as, I just come back from injury last year, so I wasn't as fit, and now I'm fitter, but I'm still the weaker link. But I feel a lot stronger in my own body. Yeah. Um, which I think, and we were talking about, we recorded a podcast yesterday, which will be out soon. Uh, well, it will be out by the time this one comes out. <laughs> Confusing things now. But our podcast on, uh, <laughs> where am I? Um, our post- podcast, uh, the latest one of Dr. Juliet McGratton, um, we were talking about the importance of strength training, potentially for runners, over running, weren't we? Yes. So, so yeah. maybe less running, more strength to increase, but it's worth having a listen. I think, yeah, definitely. I'll be really interested to hear that, actually. I think for me, it was built in also in my rehab for my ankle. Yeah. Um, I became very aware of, obviously, I had to build up strength in my legs again. And for me, weights and things is how you're going to do that. And I'm just aware that, you know, at my age as well, injuries always can take a bit longer to get better. And that type of thing. So it's just trying to mitigate circumstances or everything that should should I go over my ankle? Hopefully, I've got enough strength there that it's not going to be serious. 
um, and knees as well. You know, yeah. it's it's just it's always, it's always there in the back of your mind, though, isn't yes. it? That injury. <laughs> Although it's amazing, I had taken my um, when I first came back to running after my ankle break. I was wearing a support on my ankle, and I took that with me to Germany because I because I've actually been during the whole training process I was actually I went through a period where I was really really bothered by my nerves to the point that if anybody even mentioned running my stomach would start churning um so I thought right I'll just I'll take my ankle support anyway just in case if I get nervous then I know I've got it there it's fair to say when there's so much going on and then when you're running at pace you don't think about any of these things <laughs> I didn't need it it was still in my bag yeah. Um, yeah and I never even thought about it so yeah it's it, it just, it, it's funny how your mind can play tricks in you as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, just a little bit about that. How do you prepare mentally for a race where you know you're competing against like top athletes? I mean, that must be. Um, again, I think this goes back to the training plan from Phil. And Phil, you know, he helped me through the nerves and the mental issues side of things as well. Um and one of the big things was just to be prepared, you know, the prep, take time to prep before you race on the day. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I took, I, I gave myself, you know, a long, well, I'm saying a long time, an hour to do my warm up and, and do and make sure I did, you know, you, you start, I, I put in steps that I felt I had to do. So once I knew that I had done all that and then for the dog, the warm up for the dog as well, all of that then meant my head was calmer if that yeah. makes sense yeah that makes because perfect sense because I wasn't rushing and I actually I had it written down you know at 11 o'clock I'll do this at 11 30 I'll do this at 12 o'clock so I wasn't continually right okay what do I need now you yeah. know when do I need to be up at the line all that sort of things we had it written down and stuck up in the motorhome you know yeah. Um, that's brilliant I can tell you're a planner you like your plans that's brilliant well I've yeah. perhaps I've become that I, yes. I wasn't before but I had to do something you know so that I didn't so I wasn't nervous so I knew that I'd covered all the bases yeah I think that's right if I don't turn up for a race and give myself enough time um and I haven't planned that yet I need to sort that out for this weekend but <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving it's the last minute I always do that but but I know that what I've got to do before I race and what Pickle's got to do. And yeah, once I've done that, I tend to turn up to the line very late. Um, sometimes I'm running in and running in and through the start line, which is fine, or just a few little wait. But I kind of think that's better because the nerves, for me, the nerves don't get on top of you, do you? And you're not worrying about it and seeing yeah. other people go off and thinking, oh, my God, they're really good or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think we all have our little things that we do. So, uh, yeah. yeah, and I think at the because we were at the the site a couple of days before my race, that was really helpful as well because I'd had a, a slow run round the track, and um, then I'd had a walk round the track, and I'd looked at everything, and that made a huge difference as well. It perhaps the track was actually changed on the Saturday. That perhaps wasn't just the best for us, but you know that's one of the things that I've got to learn. Yeah, yeah, these things can happen. You just you've just got to take it on board. Um, so yeah, the preparation and knowing. And to be fair, that I was thinking about it. That's one of the only times that I've walked a track before. And I've and I listened to your to um, so James Lewington's podcast with yourselves, and he said about getting there and walking the track and yeah. knowing the track. And that's again, this is something I've learned. Yeah, 
and I, to be fair, because I'd been, we'd, we'd done one and I'd been there before, so I knew what it was like. This one is a brand new venue. I have no idea what this one's going to be. And that's, I've been thinking about that this week, actually, and thinking, uh-huh. oh, I wonder, you know, is it, what the, what's the, you know, surface going to be like? You know, how many hills? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so Sunday will be fine because I'll run it once. But um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So a quick one. What kit do you use on Claire? So um, Claire is now, uh, Claire's a funny shape um, and it would be fair to say that, and they laugh in the club because most people know, I, Claire's had about 12 harnesses. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she now runs in and it fits her like a glove, the non-stop free motion. Yeah, that's what um, people yeah. yeah, I know it's popular with so many people. Um, I wasn't a fan prior to this just because I tried it with Jack and it just didn't work for him. He runs in a drag wrap neck back. Um, always worked really well. I found it really easy to put on the dog and everything. So, but it just didn't, we couldn't get one to fit clear. Um, and it was just a kind of last minute. Somebody had a, a free motion in the van at a race we were at. So oh, why don't you try this? And we put it on. I was like, oh, I think this one fit, fits really well. So, you know, that that's that's her harness and will be forever. Um, and then we used the non-stop bungee line. Mm-hmm. That was a game changer when I discovered that line. Um, mm-hmm. I'd used just the normal ones with the elastic in the middle prior to that. Yeah. And when I changed to the bungee, I think for the dog, the contact, there's two things. I think the contact, when they do run, they don't get the same jolt. No. And then also, if they do slacken off a little bit, there's less chance that you're going to trip over it. Yeah. Because it comes back in more so than the lines that have got the part in the middle. Um, and then I've got the non-stop belt as well. Again, I had to change belts when I got clear. Um, and that's been, a, all of this has been such a learning curve because Jack didn't have the huge pool that Claire does. I used to run with the Niwa and I found it absolutely perfect. No problem whatsoever. We competed at loads of events and it was fine. When I got clear, because she pulls so much, I found that it started to ride up. Yeah. Whereas the non-stop will sit more comfortably on your hips and stay in place. Um, so, yeah, I've got different kit for different dogs. Yeah, which makes sense. And actually, it's interesting you say that. So I've still got a bungee with the, just the bungee in the middle. But uh-huh. I know you do the non-stop one, don't you, Michelle? I've got the non-stop one. Yeah, I love it. yeah it's brilliant. But Poppy really is a really strong puller as well. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I was nodding along with everything you were saying. Yeah. Season. But I've also just changed to the non-stop harness, uh, my harness. Uh-huh. And, and and I, I kind of wanted to try it because the one I had was, was fixed. Um, but that was just because it's quite an old one. But it's taken me a while to get used to it and to 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 sort of sort it out for me. I don't know if you had these problems and and but now is the most. Com- it's taken me a couple of weeks to get sort of sorted for me. But I think I love I think, it now. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I think what I see with it, I think a lot of people wear it quite high, and I for me, I you know, I sort of have it tight, quite tight across my pelvic bones. And, you know, when Claire really pulls, I can feel it, you know, lower down. Yeah, which is you know, what it should be. It's supposed to be, yes. Yeah. 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 No, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased with it. So now I need to, well, I'm going to Loco this weekend. So maybe I'll come away with another gift for myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has to be said, I've got a new, um, I've got the grey and blue free motion for Claire <laughs> to try now that we're back. Because I was, you know, I was told, you know, not to use anything new. 
Yeah, and a race and everything. So we'll, we'll be we'll be trying the blue one now. Um, I want the orange one because that's oh, my yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, I've got so much kit now, and you still look at more just the colours, especially. That's yeah. They found a good way to sell it to us all. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> colour. Oh, I need another one. Yeah. It's. Uh, I'm, I'm. I'm conscious of time. I'm, I'm, is there anything else you want to ask, uh, Michelle? No, it's been really fascinating. I did just want to ask a little bit about, because we were talking about warm-ups earlier before the race, what does that look like for you and the dog? So for me, I will go and do a relatively easy pace, maybe a kilometre or something like that, just to try and get my heart rate up a bit. And then I do quite a bit of the you know, your usual runners warm up type, yeah. you know, high knees, um calf raises. Yes, um, calf, yeah, everything. yeah. All that, yes, exactly, exactly, Louise. Um, <laughs> so I do all that probably, I don't know, 20 minutes worth of those. Yeah. And then for Claire, I'll put the harness on and we'll get kitted up, and then I'll take her try as much as possible to keep it an easy pace away from where the start line's going on yeah just to get her a little bit warmed up as well and in the zone as it were and I will have before I even started my warm-up she will have had a probably 45 minute walk yeah. um to make sure she's done the toilet and all that sort of thing because obviously that's the last thing you want in a race to happen um and then post race I should probably say she always has and absolutely loves um she has a recovery drink yeah um so we hydrate do you use or i used to use hydrate and the dogs absolutely love it um but we've moved on to the mammoth recovery yeah, which it comes in a tub um and it's a, it's a powder that you just add to the water and they i mean she just absolutely loves it um it's perhaps a little bit more cost effective than the hydrate oh, okay and, and it just it, it helps their muscles recover um, and it's just, it's like electric. It probably does the same job as the hydrate, actually. Um, yeah. But yeah, she really loves it. And it, I think that's important as well. And that, that, I think, was super important when it was warm. Yeah. You know, you, you get some electrolytes into your dog and, yeah. and get some of that, what they've lost back into their system. No, that's, that's brilliant. Um, and also feeding. Um, yeah. it, I think it's standard practice, but at least two hours before you run. And to and wait two hours after as well. Um, some people seem to forget about that, but I think it's yeah. super important. Yeah. No, so that's, uh, no, that's some really good tips in there. Yeah. That's that's fantastic. It's been known for me to be up at four o'clock in the morning pre-race so that the dog can so she can get her breakfast before. Well, she, well, she eats at that time. My oh, yeah. Claire will eat any time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't feed pickle at all before a race. I know a lot of people do that. Yeah. I think a bit afterwards. Claire would be mortified to be asked to go and run and she had, she'd be saying, what's going on? I've had no breakfast. <laughs> uh, I like to, I, I'm like Pickle, like we, we, we run on fasting. <laughs> okay, you do as well. But well, just... I, I, for, for a race that, you know, like at the weekend, I will have porridge beforehand because uh -huh. I've got enough time. But if we're just going out first thing, I tend not to, to eat anything. Uh -huh. Okay. Go. So but, it's funny, maybe we do do, maybe it is the same with our dog that we do the same thing for her because I have to have breakfast yeah yeah. Um, and I'm, yeah. I'm 
I'm a two Irish person as well. Yeah, it is. It's a routine, isn't it? That you get into and your dog gets. I mean, I haven't taken the dog out yet and she hasn't eaten yet. So she'll, she'll get her food afterwards. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she is looking at me a bit funny, though. I, I, could, like, I couldn't get away with that. They would not even just the dogs, the cats as well would be going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's been fascinating. And, and just from, from where you started, so this, as we said, sort of halfway through from, you know, do give racing a go because... The one thing I found, and I don't know, you know, like you, I'd sort of been an intermittent runner for a while and sort of done things and not done things. Got into County Cross, my competitive streak is just like, I found it again. And it's, it's, uh, I didn't think that was, you know, as you age, you think these things reduce, don't you? But um, I, we're I not think, so old to do these things. No, and I, well, that's, I think that is the secret for me. Um, I suddenly realised that, oh, there's actually a category for my age. Yeah. And, and I said, oh, maybe maybe I could be competitive then. And that actually, that was probably one of the things that made me think, okay, I'll give it a try because I felt it was a more of a level playing field. Um, it does change a bit as you get older yeah. in, in the category you're in, as I'm sure Phil, Phil discussed with you, <laughs> um, the the age percentages and all this sort of thing. But yes, it's it was definitely, it, it was something that came to came into play for me as well. That yeah, it doesn't matter what age you are, you can still compete. Yeah, no, and and it's fun. It's fun. It's it's addictive. It's you know, <laughs> you as well. You, you want one race and that's it. You're hooked. Yeah, you are. So we've got to get yeah. out for a race. <laughs> What's your space? Thank you so much for your time, Susan. It's been a fascinating story, and um, yeah, just saying that you can do, you can achieve all these things if you want to. So I hope you really enjoyed this episode of Canny Cross Conversations with our Canny Cross Stories feature. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to share to someone who might just need to hear this to get them motivated, Michelle. Um, <laughs> and we'll see you on the next episode soon.